In 2016, a new Arrowverse show premiered on The CW. Featuring characters from The Flash and Arrow, it existed in their shadows quietly. However, it has since gained popularity and brought the three of us together to discuss the characters and their progression from Season 1. This week, you don't need to be the best assassin to kill a child, right? Every 17-year-old has bangs. And what does Baby Rip have? A knife! No! Definitely don't call us heroes. We are the legends of next week. Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Legends of Next Week. I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. I use she, her pronouns. And I am Kate. I also use she, her pronouns. I also use she, her pronouns. Forgot to mention that. And this week, we're joined by another lovely guest. So please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm James, and if you would like to use my pronouns, you can refer to me as he, him. Thank you. We're so glad we could um, have you on the podcast this week as a Rip fan. Yes. And then last week we had my friend Nate on, who is refers to Rip as a bad target manager. So I'm glad <laughs> to have uh, two sides to the spectrum here. Amazing. I, I that That tracks. I can buy that. That Rip would be a bad manager. Exactly. And so this is hard work. Can't confirm. So this week we are looking at the episode Last Refuge, which is episode 12 Yay. of season one. So we're coming near the end. We've got four episodes left after this one. That's crazy. We've come so far. And so what are like people's initial reactions to this episode? Honestly, I... This is one of my favorites. I do like this episode. I like. I love that we get to find out about Baby Rip. It's so much fun. Agreed. I think this is a really fun one. I have a headcanon that the legends just secretly love to call Rip Michael behind his back. And he like turns around <gasps> like, what? And they just laugh yes. and let him. Yes. But yeah. I, I love this episode. It's a fun one. We said last week when we were talking about the Magnificent Eight, this is when Legends starts to find its its own tone when it's not trying to be a clone of Arrow. Yes. As I feel like a lot of the early episodes kind of feel like. This is when we start having, like, there's still some growing pains and we're still evolving, but this is when we start striking a chord. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I do enjoy that this episode starts with uh, capital murder, uh, capital punishment. I'm like the dude that we, I don't, do we get his name? Do we get Yes, his- I wrote it down. It is Kalex Drusen, which is just a future name that just, <laughs> they like Kalex Drusen, you are, you have committed first degree time crime. I want to know what he did. What did he do? What did he do? Oh. Oh, he he is guilty of time piracy in the first degree. What do you steal, though? <laughs> I don't know. And he just gets disintegrated. Just because of the Omega protocol. <laughs> Hi, I'm Omega. Bad batch references this whole episode. Please enjoy. <laughs> oh, These are our speciality. It is. 
but like yeah i want to know what he stole or what he really like what was he doing like what was the baddest thing he did to get this protocol after him we never find out well again it was time piracy in the first degree Yes, but like, how bad does the piracy have to be for you to be murdered? Was there an R flag? Well, nothing. First, first degree is like premeditated, right? I guess premeditated piracy. <laughs> Wait, did, did he feel like the Ark of the Covenant? I mean, oh. maybe. I mean, we don't know what he's home movies from the Time Masters Library, personal library. It's very serious. It's like that, um, you know, so someone is naughty tapes getting out. <laughs> <laughs> he stole Stuart Little. That's what he stole. He just showed them to people from the 1700s and said, this is a documentary of the future. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, what I noticed what happened is just is that his execution was almost immediate. Drews read him his verdict, and then Drews goes, oh, the pilgrim has made contact with your younger self. Self, We see him seize up a little bit, and then he disintegrates into the lovely little blue pellets that we saw, that we see what happens when someone is erased from the timeline. Loki could never. (laughs) Rest in peace, dude, we hardly knew. You were just being a time, I'm just being an honest time pirate. But yeah, because well, um, we should have mentioned, so the cliffhanger at the end of Magnificent Eight is when Mick tells them that they've sent the pilgrim who is tracking your younger self. And so we see, we'll go to there a little bit later, because the cliffhanger for that episode is tiny, who we assume is little baby Mick looking at a house burning down and the pilgrims right behind him. Which, there's a lot of child death in season one that I think we all forgot about. Well, yeah, you have Jonas, you have Perdeginton, you have so many children. Then we have that one kid dying okay. in the Old West that's age Okay, but those last two didn't die. Perdeginton was technically, like, in his 20s when he got murked. Well, they right? were planning on his murder, so... Um, uh, the next thing I have in my notes is just the pilgrim's really hot, and I, I just feel like we need to just establish this. She's hot, but I wouldn't date her because she would murder my niece and nephew and all my, you know, the little children. Mm. Yeah. So, not again, suitable to babysit your kids. Not suitable. To erase them from the timeline. Yeah, Druce gives the pil- the pilgrim recom- Druce gives the pilgrim the um, the little I almost said data pad. Um like it is a data pad. I- it is a data pad. Um the iPad. It's fine. She's ordered that she has to execute another Omega protocol on um the legends, which is where we kind of see, which is where we pick up kind of the legends have gone to Central City 1990 where Mick's house is burning down and I wrote down in my notes as a joke this is the 911 crossover it, it literally <laughs> is is Buck going in there that's for Abby my Wait, favorite, you, my favorite Buck was even is, born yet yes. thing. my favorite joke in this is like Leonard just sitting there being like this is not my thing 
<laughs> not his element. This is not my element. And Mick is like, it's mine. I love, you love Len and the fire outfit and fireman oh. outfit. That's pretty great. Len doesn't get to wear the fun costumes much. I think he looked pretty smoking. He did. But also, like, they have fireman outfits. Sarah and Jax don't because they're like coughing and they're walking out of the in the house. house. <laughs> they're just in there. Like, I know Jax is Firestorm, but Sarah isn't. Sarah's <laughs> a human. Her mask, at least. I mean, but anyway, little, um, a little Mick just watching the house burn down, sitting there. And then Pilgrim's about to kill him when Ray shows up, blasts the Pilgrim, lifts up his helmet and says, come with me if you want to live. Always wanted to say that. <laughs> what quote is that from? People? It's Terminator. I know. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I killed the joke. <laughs> Which, again, isn't this just that whole, this whole episode is basically Terminator, Terminator. jokes. It is. We, we're missing a Sarah Connor reference because we have a Sarah. Very yeah, true. that's a little disappointing. We miss one. Yeah. Man. Or even just the Pilgrim showing up at the police station saying, I'm looking for Sarah Lance. That would have been amazing. I Yeah, they missed out on that. Uh, I did like when they bring young Mick on board or they stick him there. Uh, they, Mick is there. He says, so what'd you tell him? He said, oh, we said we worked for Argus. Nice callback to Argus. Are they are, are reminder, they all dead by this point? Amanda Waller's dead, I think. At this yeah, point. but I think Argus is still under is now under Diggle's wife's. Oh yeah, yeah. Because remember, she became the director of Argus, so she now runs it. Rest in peace, Arrowverse Suicide Squad that had to be <laughs> killed off so the 2016 Suicide Squad could come out. But again, yeah. we got Viola Davis, so I'm not kidding. We got Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Yeah. That's about all we got. There were some good things oh, that came out of it The second one's all. pretty good, though. second one's good. That's true. Yeah, I love Mick just looking at his younger self like, hate that guy. <laughs> I feel like he's like, what a loser. I mean, he did call his younger self an, idi- an idiot. Which, yeah. I mean, granted, I would also do the same to my younger my younger self as well that's true mick is that meme of nearly threw hands at a 10 year old today <laughs> he is though and again i love the interaction considering what you find out about mick later in seasons where you have lita as his child but he's not very good with the kids it's Ugh. interesting seeing this episode after seeing considering we saw Welcome to the Jungle comes two years later on, too, and we get more insight to Mick and his father and why his father was the way that he was. Uh Not that that's an an excuse for his father's behavior in any way, but we kind of see, oh, this led to this. This This is the chain we're seeing here. A lot of generational trauma. Exactly. I actually, I thought it was interesting to because I hadn't watched season one in so long to see the the introduction to young Mick and it appears that he's enjoying what's happening. And then as the episode continues on, we find out that realistically he's actually ashamed of what he's done. Um, yes. He's actually quite, quite uh, disheartened for obvious reasons. I mean, he killed his parents. Mm-hmm. 
I kind of wonder if it was just more than his parents because he does say family. I kind of wonder if he had a sibling too. We never know though. No. It does hint at that. I feel, I mean, they don't directly, yeah, they don't it, but I always it, feel I mean. that there's something hinted at. Yeah. Um, what really gets me is like the scene after we see Nick calling himself, his younger self, an idiot. We see Kendra and Sarah sparring yes. and Kendra's talking about her relationship issues with Ray and Kendra's saying well I took your advice about it all and Sarah says well don't take my advice which you know great but also what gets me is when Sarah was sarcastic sarcastic and going who wants a relationship built on honesty and being real with each other (laughs) that got me I was like yes thank you for calling that out because that's a serious issue we see so much with Ray and Kendra's relationship. They want to be the perfect person for the other on both fronts. More so Kendra's front than Ray, but Ray does a lot of um, that kind of posturing. He wants to be enough for Kendra. He has this kind of need to fulfill. He has to be enough for someone. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'll, I'll say this also. It's kind of kind of funny what Sarah says because sometimes she'll hide things from Ava later on too and it's like well you did say that you shouldn't do that but sometimes I know she was trying to protect her at that point but it's like yeah yeah no you should have took your own advice (laughs) but even that's just kind of like a nice little it, it reminds me of like um in the night of the hawk episode when she says yeah i would love if someone from the future came and told me everything was going to get better which again like, i still love that of the future. yeah i love that foreshadowing for gwen it's so good and i uh, mm-hmm. again so much chemistry between kendra and sarah in the scene oh my god i <laughs> I gotta go back to like AO3 or something because I forgot that this was like a ship at the time. It's a, it would have been an excellent ship, honestly. It would have very much so. Interesting. Because well, there was much chemistry. They have amazing chemistry because even Sarah's little like, oh, relationship built on honesty communication, and makes that little face is very funny and it feels very natural. Yeah. Even when, like, I, there are parts of Kendra and Ray I like, but there's parts where they're like, this is man and woman. They are together because <laughs> they are the attractive people on the show. Not that, like, anyone else is ugly or anything, but they're like, these are the two young, hot people. They're going to kiss. <laughs> and it, it's just so funny because when you put uh, Sierra and Katie together, it's just, their chemistry is so natural that you're like, why did the storyline go, go into Sarah and Kendra, which would have been so much more interesting at this point. And I'm going to say this as someone, um, like, I love Ray, and I love Ray's character development throughout the seasons, but if the show had not evolved the way that it did and go the places it would later go to, Ray could have very easily slipped into the nice guy trope. With a few bad writers, I could see it slipping back. We'll talk about this later. You're not wrong. So anyway, after, what happens after the, they're having this talk in the hallway, and then... There, look, uh, Rip gets his little beep boop alert from Gideon that they're looking for Sarah now in 2007. And it's, I like, we cast someone different for all the younger legends, but it's just Katie Lots in a bad wig. It's also, it's, 
interesting is that between that time, Rip also reveals that the Omega protocol requires precision. The Pilgrim can only hit one moment as to, as to not disrupt the timeline. So she's choosing the legends when they're in a most vulnerable state. So for, I mean, now Sarah, yeah, she's in a police station, but this is a Sarah Lance who has not gotten on the Queen's Gambit. This is a Sarah Lance who's not been in the League of Assassins. This is a Sarah Lance who has not died and come back to life. This it's a very diff, it's a very untrained Sarah. We get this a glimpse is into like Daddy's girl, and, Sarah Lance. Yeah, very <laughs> immature, untrained Sarah. I think I mean, I think even Katie Lots herself would agree that younger Sarah was very immature. Mm-hmm. I honestly Katie's acting between the two Sarahs is pretty good. I mean, like, I could believe they're two separate people in this because she does do a good job between playing her younger self and her older self. But doesn't, like, before this, doesn't, or is this later when Leonard's kind of nagging um, Rip about his past because he's like, well, you're talking about going to her past selves. What about your past? Yeah, I think that's right after the sarah one because i think that's before they go to ray guess when rays are having his thing but just like very quickly it's just after when they capture sarah yeah right i just thought it was really funny when you mentioned that i was like what if like i I know this wouldn't have worked because this would have definitely impacted the time stream but the pilgrim showed up on the queen's campus was like i'm taking you now oh lord that would have been unfortunate but like that would have been the perfect time rather what than what she chose to be honest because like everybody thought she died anyway but then oliver queen like still needed to have his thing and he does things in the timeline i guess Uh but she would only be killing sarah not oliver (laughs) there are people who would wish that she would kill oliver we can go there if we want oh no we could (laughs) oh yeah well oliver at that time couldn't fight her off no. oliver at that time still a playboy very much so yeah they would both be bad at trying to uh you know <laughs> fight her i would have liked to see that though that would have been amazing yeah so there's younger sarah i like that um quentin's there and it's like you're writing a paper on the criminal justice system and she's fake arrested or whatever and then pilgrim shows up just starts there is one line i hate during that whole thing and it's like every father wants to lock up their their 30s or 40s and i'm like no no never say this line ever yeah i blocked that that line hate it because like that's like every father's joke and i can't stand it you can really feel the older whiter writers room in season one very much also that wig is terrible their wig is terrible <laughs> so bad legends has never been able to afford a wig series of bad legends That's hair true. <laughs> what what legends wig is actually good you send us the comments and we'll find out please do because i really can't think of a single wig that's good Oh, the, the one for Mick is funny. I have to admit that. That's just, that's iconic. <laughs> yeah. I want, I, 
imagine season one mick seeing just an image of that <laughs> like what <laughs> he would burn he would set himself on fire <laughs> but um so yeah pilgrim's kicking ass going through the police station tiny sarah ends up getting saved by our sarah which is one of my favorite mick lines um quite the badass yes yes I like the Sarah and Mick content in this episode. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. and like I feel like younger Sarah was amazed that was her too cuz she's like, "Wait, who's this?" and she I think she sort of thinks it's probably a family member, but a little part of her says, "That's probably me." So cool. That's a good fight scene with her and the pilgrim. Oh yeah, and then Mick goes with his uh fire, you know, heat gun. That is amazing one. And then, um, so they take her back to the ship, and Mick says, like, he is, like, are you gonna be okay with younger me? And Sarah's like, yeah, I could handle guys like you, even before I had assassin training. <laughs> I love that little moment, and then there's the slap later on. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of just warning everybody, yeah, I'm a little shit, just, like, deal with it. Yeah, I like the slap later, too. It's like, she said I smelled nice. <laughs> that was hilarious for me, because I'm like, oh, young Mick is so me when I was a middle schooler. Like, just <laughs> didn't know how to talk to girls. Just, like, said all the wrong things and just overstepped every boundary known to man. So when they put young Sarah back, um, this is actually one of my favorite, like, Ray moments. Uh, not just this episode, maybe in the show, because Rip is explaining. So the Pilgrim's going back and trying to kill your... This is when we learn that now the Pilgrim is hiding herself in the time stream. So now they can't, they won't know where and when she's going to strike or who she's going to go after. And Ray asks, oh, well, so like, this is kind of interesting. So how long does it take to catch up with the present? Like, could I be dead right now? Can anybody hear me? And Len <laughs> sitting in the corner and goes... No, no, I, don't, I can't. I always love Len being so antagonistic to Ray for no reason whatsoever. It's like, no, I can't hear you at all. I love that relationship. This is when Len um, says to Rip, Oh, but what about your past and the younger you? We don't know anything. <laughs> I, I don't want to say this is flirty, but it feels a bit flirty. It's just Leonard Snart energy. It is. I like the dynamic that the two of them have between Rip and Snart, just because I feel like part of why they're so at odds is that Rip probably sees something of his younger self in some of Snart's um, history. And that is something that I hadn't really thought about until recently when watching, doing the, the rewatch. Yeah, this this episode actually covers a lot of that <laughs> similarity between Rip and um, Leonard, and it's very interesting, actually. I think we've talked about in some episode, I don't remember which one, but we've talked about how Len at times is a more efficient captain than Rip is. Like, it's like Rip kind of, Len has more experience running a team to complete a goal. And Leonard has a plan. I mean, always has a plan. Rip, Rip is like, we'll just, like throw a rock at it and we'll get there. Rip is good at delegating, but he's not good at sharing about why and what he's delegating for. 
Because mm-hmm. he's such a cagey individual. Gotta love him. Well, they're being bitchy to each other, which is when that leads to the slap in a bit. Because Sarah goes, are they <laughs> fighting? And Rip says, this isn't a fight. This is an exchange of ideas. And she's like, not you. Yeah. But they're fighting uh, little Sarah and Mick. And both of them have to say, tell their younger selves, hey, cut that out, young lady, <laughs> young man. I love that. And she goes, she's like, but he said, as you said, but he said, I smell good. And he's like, <laughs> Mick doesn't, younger Mick doesn't even say anything. <laughs> doesn't Mick like, like older Mick glare at him though? Doesn't older he's Mick like, I'm him. usually more subtle. <laughs> Older Mick was probably like, what the hell are you doing, kid? <laughs> this moment does have kind of a softer moment when young Sarah says, well, my dad's going to be worried. Like, if he loses me, I don't know what he would do. And Sarah says, he's never, ever going to lose you. I love that line. I do. Because yeah. especially since you know that he does in at some point lose her. And he kind of goes mm-hmm. in his grief. It's really bad so and that they don't know in the show but i think as they were airing at the same time i think laurel has died by this point on arrow so he's also dealing with that in the present she doesn't know yet right that's no she doesn't doesn't know until the finale yes sure yeah (laughs) which is the really one-two punch of destiny destiny you fickled (laughs) evil episode <laughs> but like then the pilgrims like well i'm just gonna do whatever and she does oh right before that though is when we have to talk about the rip kendra th- or ray kendra oops <laughs> uh ray kendra thing just because we're thorough we gotta cover it yeah but we have to go into her actually um beating him up first which right the bruises start appearing on ray he's doubling over because he was sitting there having his his fruity cereal from the like his vintage cereal which which is stale by now apparently rip keeps kitty cereal i mean we got to collect something i hope he has lucky charms in there somewhere those are good then this is like so ray is about to have his moment um He's like, all right, Kendra, there was something I wanted to do before we were interrupted. And then he gets interrupted again because the pilgrim is beating the shit out of his younger self. Not kid Ray, though. Like, young adult Ray. Young Palmer Tech creator. I guess, I mean, I don't think they had it planned out that far in advance. Um, no. (laughs) They were like, Let's just do this. I don't think if they knew they were going to get another season <laughs> at season one. I, you know what? Maybe they just couldn't afford more kid actors. That's true. <laughs> well, because you can only have a kid actor on set for so many hours anyway. That's so, why they, yeah. That would have been really funny if we had six foot tall Brandon Ruth playing 17 year old him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny 
Yeah, so she's kicking all over that office, and then, like, he, Rip kind of comes in and saves him and uses his tech on the pilgrim. It was fun. And he goes, it does work! And, like, Ray's dying, or whatever, in his chair with the bruises, and Kendra's like, stay with me, stay with me, it's okay, it's okay. Oh, very important to note, we just didn't mention, like, she still hasn't told Rip I keep saying Rip hasn't told Ray that her future, her older past self said, hey, every other man that's not Carter, you're going to have a doomed life with. Bye. You know, because communication's not key between the two of them ever. So she's like, I want to, while he's dying and Gideon's trying to save him. I want to spend the rest of my life with you, Ray Palmer. Cue romantic music. And then he's like coming out of dying. It's like, so I guess you found the ring. And she goes, what? I don't know about any ring. And he's like, here's the ring. And I don't know how many carrots that is. And you can tell like even the look on her face is great. (laughs) Like, I guess I'll have to put this on now. It's such an interesting moment because obviously he's at the point of death. And so she's in this place of just stress and affection because there is love and care between them, despite the uh, the rough communication that they have it most of, if not all the time. And it's just funny to see her, her quickly change her facial expression from what did I just get myself into? to wait what did i actually just get myself into and which is why when they go in the i think she's in the cargo bay afterwards and sarah's coming over to her and she's like so how are everything's good with ray she goes yeah his younger self is in the hospital and she goes is everything okay she's like, yeah I'm, I'm just engaged which is like it leads to like the sitcom communicate miscommunication trope it's because she's like yeah i haven't told him all the things about how we're doomed and sarah goes hmm that sucks let's go look at babies um which we'll we'll come out later we'll (laughs) go back to that let's go like on a baby saving mission and then ray pops up and And as they're leaving ray is just standing there in the doorway oh i cringe so hard like why was he even there i i don't even know there are parts of the kendra and ray thing that i like but every time their storyline like takes up part of the episode i'm like i don't like this (laughs) it's not even that it's just like again what the hell was he doing there in the first place like conveniently you were just walking into the cargo bay for no reason they should have just made a choice on the soulmate thing but they like that's kind of just one of my issues with season one is spoilers for season one if you're already listening to this you probably know but like Kendra and Carter get back together and go off after spending literally an entire season about fighting destiny and carving your own path and I just feel like she and Ray wouldn't have worked in the long term but maybe it should have just ended with her leaving by herself (laughs) I mean she is happy in the comics so that's good that's good. Yeah. They make a barista joke. I mean, 
something. It's kind of just again the issue of Carter didn't get any development until he and then he died. Yeah. That was the biggest problem. But I, I do love before the let's baby nap everybody. It was because um the pilgrim wasn't oh. being able to fa- find anybody and because she kept on getting thwarted at every turn she's like i'm just gonna kill a whole bunch of babies that's you the know, way to do things well yeah so they're like well oh no this is before that this is um she hasn't started taking their loved ones this is when at first rip has the idea we're gonna go and collect all of you as babies and before you can start looking for uh, the people you love, which also leads to like the sad moment of uh, Rip saying like, oh, you know, like your wife or your sister and Mick goes, or my, oh, right. I don't have anybody. Such a sad, it's such a sad, but like you can't help but laugh. And then you just realize that you're laughing due to pain. It's such a painful laugh moment. Because you're like, oh, wait, that shouldn't be funny, but it is. But I do love them, like, getting all these babies and be like, the first baby is the best one, though. <laughs> They're like, all right, we got to go steal baby Len. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think Sarah's it's not said, accidental baby acquired. <laughs> this is pre-planned. Please <laughs> pre-planned. I feel like it's a little leverage moment, too. All right, people, let's steal a so baby. A baby. <laughs> I love because, Sarah comparing Baby Len to just like a heist mission. Exactly. Like, you know, you sound like Snart. And she's like, oh. Yeah. It's Heaven like, oh, which one is Snart? The one with the horns? Yeah. <laughs> and then they see her. They're like, oh, aren't you the cutest little baby? And your cheeks are so cute. It is a very cute baby. It is a very yeah. cute baby. And I love that he's just like in a black blanket and a hat. I'm like the only baby in black, but okay. Doesn't Kendra say, wow, kid, you're going to have a rough life? Yeah, yeah. she does. She does. I'm gonna pop, you're you're going to end up in a very bad situation, but we're going to kidnap you anyway. So now they've kidnapped one baby out of three. One down, two to go. Oh, yeah. And there's the whole thing of they cannot be at their own baby kidnapping. Yes. And so their Stein's birth was apparently by the side of a road uh, in a car, yeah. which I found kind of, that's kind of funny. Yes. And I love Rip and Mick rolling up as doctors. <laughs> Super unconvincingly. Yeah, and it's like, wait, how did doctor come here? Well, we were just passing by and just happened to notice that you were in labor. I so- love that it looks like yeah. Mick just put a lab coat on over his super villain outfit he just totally <laughs> did I'm a doctor he's like yeah she needs some prenatal care and then they both kind of look at him and rip goes you know he meant postnatal and they're like should this doctor be checking out my kid and then they, they just give him to him which they mentioned in the like next episode and like next uh scene where barnes like and they just gave you me to you (laughs) ray's like people were more trusting in the 50s such a hilarious moment that's a hilarious moment and then it leads to this not saddest part i think this is the best part of the episode it it really is the best they're gonna go 
get baby Jax. And Jax had mentioned earlier, um, oh, because Martin says, we're going to feel like what our fathers felt like when they saw us for the first time, like at our birth. And Jax says, yeah, well, my dad never got to see me. He shipped out two weeks and then died, died a few weeks later. And then which it was Iraq at that point, right? From that, I believe. Oh, okay. Yes. But then when they get there, Stein notices that um, Jax's dad is there. And this is the sweetest moment. Um, he, Martin wanting Jax to meet his dad, gets Jax and goes, your dad's right there. Just mm-hmm. go and talk to him. This, the, such a good Martin and Jax interactions in this episode. Honestly, with that scene, you can tell how much Martin really does care for Jax, that he knows that he's been missing his dad for all these years, that he wants so badly for Jax to meet his father, just for some closure, and just mm-hmm. to, for, for him to know what his dad was like. And I love that. There's and- that whole thing where Martin is very much, I don't know that Jax would ever maybe directly admit it, other than to maybe someone in private, but Gray is very much a father figure, even though Jax is like, you're not my dad. Like Mm -hmm. there's that moment in older episodes and in an older episode, but I love the, the devotion and care that Stein has towards Jax that he wanted to first show him like your dad actually was there and witnessed you being born. Like what you thought your past was isn't actually the truth of what it was and then giving him a moment to try and have that closure um, which inevitably does happen mm-hmm. yeah so he he does go to um next to his dad and he goes you know which one's yours and he points out there's my son and also another cute little baby Jax was a very cute baby too so and then well then his dad's like all right so which kid is yours and he goes oh i'm i'm not a dad yet and we know later he will be i love that because he's like i'm here for family yeah and then he's like i'm here for family i just love that it's even just the quiet moment of when he says wait um congratulations yeah i i do love the conversation before that of like my son's gonna do good things and he goes how do you know that and he goes you don't have the name Jefferson Jackson and not do something like he just has so much faith in like little baby Jackson. It's just uh, his dad is amazing. And you could tell he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's that pure love of a dad for their child. And and that's what makes it so hard that Jax was like, didn't tell him what would happen to him, where the shelling would happen. And then his dad would die. And he's like, when he gets back to Waverer, he's like, I didn't tell him. And he's just so upset he didn't tell him. Yeah. It's hard for him. I love that scene. It's such a good scene. Just kind of backtrack a little, because I think this scene is a little bit before um, 
we see the Jackson is dad scene, but when um, Sarah and Kendra come back with baby Len, and she's like, here you go, and hands it to, like, young Mick. Just Mick, <laughs> saying, I don't, just Mick saying, I don't do babies. You're going to have 49 of them soon. Oh I love God. that he goes, be careful with my, don't drop my future criminal partner or I'll <laughs> kill you. Uh, just him looking at this baby like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> And and Sarah going, you made how much money off of babysitting? You will be fine. What was it, fifteen hundred something yeah. like that? An absurd amount of money. Yeah, yeah. like Sarah. more than I've ever made babysitting. Sarah, well, you just babysat all summer. Who who are you babysitting for? You're going to get that much. Yeah. All of all of apparently Star City. I mean, maybe she's the only babysitter available in that area. Or maybe it was a camp. I have no clue how she got that much money. But then we get to, well, the best scene is are with Jackson, his dad. But I think my favorite part is the part coming up next was when we go to the time orphanage. Yes. Secret place of time. We meet Mary Xavier, which I like the part before the commercial break is the hello, mother. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? That's your mom? <laughs> I didn't know you had one. <laughs> I wish we got more Mary Xavier. I love her. Absolutely. Yes. She's excellent. She is from Doctor Who. Or am I going crazy? She was in a Doctor Who episode at some point. She's in She's in a lot of things. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. An actress, this was the first time I actually ever seen her. But I mean, her in charge of this like time orphanage, you can tell her she loves her children so much. And I just love that. I love uh, the uh, Rip looking at Jax and being like, listen, if you don't sit up straight, she is going to eat you alive. Like, she is tough. I just, like, there's just so much, like, awe and love and respect in that sentence from Rip to Jax of, like, she'll shape you up, like, if you don't pay attention Mm -hmm. to the thing. Because you can even hear when they're walking in the house, she's like, no, take your boots off before you get into this house. Yeah, there's a little kid that passes by. And tries to steal, he tries to steal some of the pastries. And we, I forgot we don't know who that is right away. She's like, "Uh uh-uh, off with you. (laughs) And then she's like, now Michael. And everyone goes, Michael? Michael? (laughs) And they're like, that's my name before I became Rip Hunter. Who came up with the name Rip Hunter? That is. I hope Rip got to choose it. Yeah, me too. Because I'm like, that's such a strange name. So dumb. I love it. I need to think of a name for myself. Rip Hunter sounds cool. <laughs> she reveals that she works for the Time Masters. Uh, because I, I felt kind of vindicated. Because we'd asked this question in an earlier episode. Hmm. Um which is why like the time masters can't have relationships or anything that your descendants or your ancestors will are at risk in the time stream because of that. So a lot of most of the time masters are pulled like from orphanages or people stranded in time. The fun part is um, let's uh, theorize what century Ripper was from. I'm Rip saying is- probably around Jack the Ripper times. I was going to say, say Dickensian. Ripper is- <laughs> rip has the sadness of a dickensian child it's a valid valid theory i pretty much picture him as dodger from oliver 
pretty much. Mm. <laughs> and anyway, she's like, well, spit spot. I'm going to take care. All of you kids will be nice and safe here. And I love, I love Len. Be careful. I might be cute. I'm a handful. <laughs> He's like, I'm the cutest baby here. <laughs> yes. I, but it's like, what is you as a baby gonna do? But like, I love to see it as like, you're not supposed to touch your baby self. Meanwhile, Leonard's holding his baby self. Yeah. <laughs> People, why? She's like, well, he isn't. Um, oh, well, she says... You wouldn't be the only handful that's come through here. Yes. And then we have that little scene where um, <laughs> young Mick is hanging out in the like hallway. Yeah. Setting things like lighting a match or whatever. And Mick is giving himself a talking to. He's not Such good a, at it. Such a ridiculous, but hilarious, but also just actually genuinely sad scene. Mm-hmm. I, I love feel that. Like we all have that moment of like, I would lay into my younger self thing though. So it's very interesting to see that play out. But he, he literally just yells at him and he goes, Beautiful, isn't it? And he's like, You let it go under out of control and you killed everybody. And he's pretty much yelling at himself and he says, You're a dumbass. And the. You know, you you were coward for saving yourself and not your family. Basically ripping into his younger self for doing, you know, the reason why he doesn't have a family anymore. Mm-hmm. But then um, little Mick says, oh, you sound just like my dad. Yeah. And then you saw like, again, you don't know about Mick's dad until later, but you see Mick's face of. I don't want to my old man. Very triggering moment for him. And I I feel like, I don't know if this really connects, but then the next part we see is Rip kind of looking at his crew and then Miss Xavier comes over and she's like, I've brought, I've made pies for all of you. Uh, So you can have some snacks on your trip to destroy evil. Um. Uh, Which basically Rip, and Rip has this little moment where he's with her and he's being Rip, so he's being pretty mopey. And he's like, oh, I've put all these people in danger. And, like, am I doing the right thing? And What if uh, like, everything I'm doing is wrong? And she liter- she basically says, like, hey, put your big girl pants on. Listen to me. <laughs> I love that she says, I wouldn't be giving you this dish with these pies if i didn't know you weren't gonna come back because that's like her favorite serving dish or something like mm-hmm. that it's such a mom thing and yeah. mom thing. lays into him and says don't forget to bring back my serving tray to me i need it <laughs> i wish we could have seen more I, I know we keep repeating yeah. it but she was such a great character it would have been fun uh-huh. to bring that back for maybe season eight for when they need to sometimes leave little baby whoever behind because something got too bad that we have to get the baby tarazis again (laughs) it would be fun oh here's baby alien gary you have to save his life i she would not blink an eye at like being handed what's essentially like a tiny octopus oh that would be so cute though she's like it's a baby i can take care of babies But so, oh, this is the part of the episode I hate. This is the Ray Kendra scene where 
he's like, hey, I wasn't, I didn't mean to listen in, but I was. <laughs> and and you don't have to marry me because I was about to die. <laughs> um, which at first is like, okay. I mean, he kind of has a point. <laughs> it's like, if you said, like you said, like you said this because you thought you were going to lose me. And it was kind of just a rush and a crazy emotion. And I understand that. That's one thing. Yeah, he was giving her an out, really. He was. Mm-hmm. But then she says, um, she basically tells him, look, I met my older self and she said all of these things about every relationship I've had that wasn't with Carter didn't work out. And honestly, of- I'm glad she did tell him that finally. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Communication. Is- Communication helps. But then Rip says this, I don't know, I keep saying Rip. <laughs> but then Ray says this line, I was like, Ray Palmer saying this? But basically he says, all right, so do you want to marry or stay with me because I love you? Or do you want to be alone and listen to the old version of you that believes in curses? And I'm like, whoa, dude. Ray Palmer, this is not the Ray Palmer we know. I know you spent, like, he, oh, that's right. Because earlier in the episode, he says, whenever I'm spiraling, I think about those two years we had together. And well, thought it was I together. do feel like that puts a lot of pressure on Kendra. Like, hey, remember those two years where you were absolutely the only thing in my life that was important? And how they never, again, like, about how they never address how the 60s might have sucked for her. True. Like I mentioned, and like obviously, not of the hawk is all about if you're not a straight white man, the '60s aren't fun, or the '50s, and then they just never mention it in the two years they have to spend there. Yeah, the the crazy thing is, like again, poor Sierra. We apologize once again for the fifth millionth time that this is the storyline that you got, but. It would have been, again, so interesting if she did break up with Ray and said, you know what? I'm going to decide to live my life for myself. That would have been fun. And we could have saw like her, you know, being single for a while. That would have been fine. Or with Sarah. Or with Sarah. (laughs) Anyway, Ray Ray says the shitty thing and then leaves. It's like, Ray Palmer who? (laughs) As much as I am a fan, and it was very much, I think, informed by me being younger, um, of the of uh, Adam Hawk, of Ray and Kendra. And uh-huh. I do think there's sweetness between the two. I don't like that moment either from Ray, where he just kind of is kind of demanding, um, almost, in a way, and just kind of lays it out like, it's, a, it's my way or the highway, it feels like. And that isn't true to the ray he grows into um but it's just hard to see that early hasn't grown as a person ray and be like come on dude what are you doing like she's a woman she can make her own choices and again i this is why i always say that the dark adam relationship's so much better because she he actually like gives up all the stuff for nora where as if we kept with the season one writing, he'd probably be like, no, we're staying here on the wave rider where we're needed more. Yeah, I definitely think, like, the parts of the Ray and Kendra stuff that I do like is I, I do like the idea of 
having a soulmate and still choosing somebody else that you love even if like you're destined to be with a person I just think it falls apart when the show doesn't follow through on that which I think they go back on in like two episodes when we find out about Carter and again that's just the part that frustrates me is is that it's such a it's a good concept of choosing a love that is not like predetermined for you and then it just doesn't but they they also do bring in the pro uh, the the whole thing of well she already passed you already told you if it's not carter it's not gonna work out ever Mm-hmm. So that is always on the brain too. It's like you're doomed to fail, no matter who you fall in love with. You're doomed to fail. Again, they should have. They should try and make like your soulmate thing like a horror AU. Like the idea that you are, you will be unhappy with anybody except this one person in every life, which has the makings for like an interesting horror movie or a thriller. But they don't do that. No, they don't. They just like, again, they'll never explain why in one episode you're saying I could forget predestination and just choose whoever I want. But no, the next episode, no, you cannot escape what you're supposed to be doing ever. So as we keep going, um, this is when we get an alert from the bridge saving us from this conversation. (laughs) Because the pilgrim is there and she's like, hey, take a look at this. And so the first picture we see is Lisa. Um, but I think it's just one of the promo Lisa pictures. <laughs> it, it is. It is the promo <laughs> picture. You are not wrong. It's not even like bugshot Lisa or something. But so like we see pictures of Lisa, of Clarissa, of Quentin. And the pilgrim says, all right, if you do not hand over all of your younger selves, I will eliminate all the people closest to you. Yeah. So they pick Lisa, Clarissa, Jax's dad, and for some reason, Ray's fiance from- Oh, right. And Anna. (laughs) Because they- Because you know what it is? Ray doesn't have anyone close to him that we've seen that's not like a main character on Arrow. Yeah, they could have picked Felicity from the past. But they can't because Felicity is being mad about Oliver's secret child on Arrow right now. (laughs) Darn that secret child. (laughs) Accidental baby acquisition. Or accidental child emergence. Wait, I, I, I love that Oliver Queen is not important to anybody. So Oliver wasn't kidnapped for Sarah. Well, I do like that she says this is my directive, which again, maybe it felt very RoboCop. It did. Yes. My directive. Yeah, and, and also Terminator, because, yeah. you know, the Terminator was programmed to get Sarah Connor. So, yeah. I was, yeah, I, I like all the little nods to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a note here that just says Mick loves MILFs, and I'm trying to remember what that's in reference to. Was- but I know I'm right. Oh, it's when, like, Mary Xavier is, like, she's saying something, like, be in her usual self, and Mick says, I like her. (laughs) Look, he does like MILFs. This is not wrong, considering what he writes later as Rebecca Silver. It's true. (laughs) She she calls him a naughty one, and he's just like, you betcha. (laughs) He raises his eyebrows at her in such such Mick fashion. 
Right. Like he says, oh, your younger self's very naughty. Oh, we forgot to say that, like, apparently Sarah doesn't tell her younger self about going on the ship to Leanne you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think that's a little later because that's when I was like, ah, what's time in this episode? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but Rip comes up with the plan to, all right, I'm going to give you my younger self uh, because this way like if you take me out when i'm like a child then none of this will happen so it's basically what we didn't do in progeny yeah and and then they mentioned in earlier in the episode that they she can't go after time masters because it would screw up time really i love uh, leonard going great so and he also mentioned she can't kill kendra because she'll just reincarnate Mm -hmm. that was a nice detail yeah, so they never got like Kendra, little Kendra. That would have been fun though. Mm-hmm. We didn't, but yeah, it was like, well, he he kind of was ragging on Rip a lot about like, well, you can't be killed, and here he is, like, you can have my younger self and kill me, and it will screw up time. But this whole thing would have never happened. Oh man, I, I know this doesn't work with the episode, but now like. What if, like, I didn't want this to happen because Kendra didn't deserve this, but if Kendra had died and then we saw her and Carter as the evil minions, that'd be kind of cool. Hmm. Yeah. That'd have been and then it would have been trying to bring them both back. You know what? I wouldn't hate that. It would have been interesting, at least. <laughs> Half of this podcast is us, like, what if something else happened? It's like, we love Ray and Kendra, but also... What if Sarah and Kendra happen? Again, James, I've always said, do you always get reincarnated as a man and a woman? What if it's a man and a man or a woman and a woman? They never tell us. So mm. it's a very interesting thought. So we get to the like this neutral point, which is the Time Master, like an old Time Master. Defunct. Time yes. Master outpost. Exactly, and Mary Xavier did there. really steal all that for the Time Bureau, didn't he? Yes, he definitely did. Because they have bunkers too. Conveniently, I I have always like um. There was a theory for a while that the Time Bureau, this is before season five happened and they got shut down, but mm. that the Time Bureau would have eventually grown into the Time Masters. Mm. So interesting. It would have that been just sense. like perpetuating your own cycle. But I like that Mary Xavier says, give her hell. Mm-hmm. And it gives him the child. <laughs> They're all like, hey, that was that kid at the orphanage. And then we perceives the coolest fight freeze thing ever. I love this scene. Where <laughs> so it, good. Like, she's freezing everything and everything's just like, so she cool. Brought, um, Jax's dad as like the show of good faith. So she's yeah. going to pass him over as she gets young uh, Rip. And young Rip is like, I don't know if this kid is actually British or not. I just found it funnier. <laughs> and he's like, have I done something wrong, miss? He's definitely a Dickensian orphan. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> more? So as they're exchanging the two and he's being a tiny little British child, <laughs> um, that's when... So Ray is shrunk and is like on his back, but then the pilgrim catches it with fool me once. 
Shame on you, fully Shame on me. I'm just gonna murder you all now. He, he's such a little shit here. It's great. He's such a shit. I love it. just like how he would grow up. Um, I love little Rip, to be honest. I really do. Because then this is, yeah, you're right. And this is one of the best fights. I love the freezing thing. I just, I just, it's amazing. I feel like we used uh, CGI or something on this. It's temporal micro manipulation. So cool. We mentioned earlier in the episode, which is being able to manipulate time in your closest vicinity. So freaking cool looking. Like, I feel like we spent half of our money on it. Pretty much. And then, because she's freezing Mick in time, so, like, the fire isn't coming towards her. Same with Firestorm. Sarah's in her cool pose. Yeah, and then uh, Leonard's uh, freeze. Freeze gun is stopped, and then, like, Rip's guns, like, his, like, little pew-pew laser bullet, whatever it is, um, is frozen midair, and she's like, ha, now I shall kill you all. (laughs) And then kill me lady i'm gonna kill you first and this little child rip stabs her in the stomach or she's having in the back uh the thigh oh yeah and the th- yes <laughs> i'm like where did he <laughs> he went for the f- femoral artery <laughs> yeah little rip just knows how to kill someone <laughs> He's probably killed before. Honestly, Kevin, like, he grew up in London during that era. He's probably seen someone get stabbed there. Yeah. <laughs> he said... I love child... I love Rip so much, and I love, uh... I love Rip's just hindsight of, like, I know exactly what young me will do <laughs> if this woman threatens my life. I will shank her in a heartbeat. <laughs> the, I wrote down the line because I thought it was so funny. He's like, snuff me out. You don't know me at all, miss. Yes, he's so snarky. And, and then they like kind of move in and together and just kill her. Too. I forgot that they all turned her to ashes. Yeah, they, they dusted her so much. They did. And then <sighs> the amazing part was like, Len, like, oh, so that was little you and he goes yes that's why i was a cut purse which i guess is pickpocket yes pickpocket i was a pickpocket i he kind of learned to live like probably hand to mouth and he's like he go and i and i think len understood that because that's how he grew up too and this is kind of where you can uh connect those two because mm-hmm. um rip mentions he'll never forget but he's like, he, yeah, he's still like that in a way. He's mm-hmm. still that cutthroat little child. And so, yay, day is saved. I wish that we got like one more shot before commercial of just like the pile of ashes and gun that is the pilgrim. That's so funny to me. Like, R.I.P. R.I.P. Hot lady. R.I.P. Tried to kill children. <sighs> no, I think it's. I think it's fascinating that uh, Rip is such a, he wants to be, uh, he he struggles between like the way he was taught to do things and the people that he's recruited who are showing him alternatives to what he knows and he can't quite move past his own way of doing things. And some of that is his like survivors streetwise mentality where anything goes for the sake of your goal um 
And so it's interesting that his uh, pragmatism extends to his own using his own younger self in such a manner. Um, and it's for the good cause of saving the team. But he also is like, I was a ruthless little shithead. So I know exactly what I'm going to do, but it's also him as a child. And it's, so it's interesting that he'll, he'll willingly endanger a quote unquote, more vulnerable version of himself that isn't actually completely vulnerable, but it just speaks again to his kind of, um, I don't know if pathology is the word, but that's the word that I'll use. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, uh-huh. I feel like there's still a part of that little orphan child in him too, where he'll basically be cutthroat. <laughs> he obviously is with his search for Vandal Savage. So that's always ingrained in him that I grew up as this orphan child and he's always going to be a part of me child rip could have taken out vandal savage yes yes oh my God, child yes. rip and jonas i want to see that they wait, would just wait. disarm child, his knives wait. child rip and uh yeah and child jonah hex i i feel like child rip against most of our villains could win yeah he he would definitely win yes I wish we got Child Rip again. That would have been fun. Child Rip stabbing Amber Bond is just like, what the <laughs> <laughs> We should have kept him as a legend. Wait, what? <laughs> we need to bust out our secret weapon. It's the child version. Oh my gosh. <laughs> child Rip using the Spear of Destiny to shank Ebard <laughs> Thawne. Uh-huh. Every, every just version, he just he just somehow multiplies himself through. Oh Peter my god, Sanders. he would shank Bishop too, though. <laughs> well, I I would say that's the only villain to not take out. One of the only. Well, I just feel like Bishop would pick him up by the scruff of the neck, like, "Don't do this. <laughs> Let me at him." <laughs> so then, after that, we have the um, just the kid <laughs> speeches. Mm-hmm. which I, I like this scene with Mick looking at his younger self and saying I spent so much of my life hating you yes and over something that wasn't your fault because he knew at that time he had the pyromania so it really kind of mm-hmm. wasn't and even like child Mick saying well you were right like I went and I ran away and I, I didn't think about anybody else except myself and even Mick says you you were a kid Mm-hmm. you made a mistake and he's like do better than me yeah uh-huh. that was so like this is again like watching mick in this season and like seeing how far mick has come to having yes, it, it, children and then we yeah he says that line and then he's on the ship and he's like i gave myself a good talking to and Frey's like i don't think it's stuck <laughs> don't think it's it just made me think of in the finale of season six when when all of his children have eaten Bishop and one of them uh. climbs up Mick and makes this hey little guy like I don't know you but I know that I love you. Oh yeah. I just felt like a good full circle moment there. That's that is good. 
So then we're all having moments with our loved ones. We don't see Lisa a crime. We couldn't it even. It is a crime. How dare you not put Aiden List in the episode? I think she was doing some other filming. Yeah. Sad. But, but I. I <laughs> all right. I have genuine questions about this scene. Okay. So how does Sarah like remember Sarah, and Clarissa's already forgetting Martin? It could be because he's older. It could be because there's a direct um, blood child relation there. That's true. Like, Clarissa met him when he was in his early 20s. Yeah, and it could also be, like, maybe who was born their earliest. It's more time between Mm -hmm. two. I I do love that they all some have an amnesia pill that they didn't have for the... I could use those. Like, they didn't have it for the Wild West episode. Well, they can't give everybody pills. Yes, put it in their beer, just say. <laughs> no. Kate's like, we already went through this by uh, doing that to Jax. All of Legends is just magic pills. Like, season one has the magic pills that you swallow and then you can speak any language. Mm-hmm. It's all about the drugs on Legends. A lot of drugs in the drugs, drugs, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, this season? I'm sorry. There's a lot of drugs in every season. But we forgot, like, mushrooms. I, I mean, that's the whole big <laughs> mushroom john. I mean, like, that's also a drug is mushroom. Made on ayahuasca. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's that's a amazing. lot of references to pot. So, yeah. Oh, man. Now I'm thinking of that broccoli quote. <laughs> I like broccoli. <laughs> So then um, they're having this little moment. And then this is so weird. Again, this is fake Anna rips up Beyonce. This is not the same woman that played Anna. And she's a fraud. She's a fraud. I mean, she's just there to be in the background. And oh my God, like this woman's (laughs) face in the background. She's just sitting there like on the bed that he has that I'm pretty sure. Aren't he and Kendra sharing a bed right now? Yes, they're sharing a bed. And then she's just kind of sitting there. She looks so confused, obviously. And Ray's like, uh, excuse me. And he's like, I'm sorry, my dead fiance's here. He's like, my dead fiance's here, and you're here, my alive fiance. And I'm like, this is, you can't do this until after she left. Yeah. <laughs> she might overhear you. I feel like this is the most awkward conversation ever to have because she's probably hearing every single word of it also like okay twice also maybe this is callous of me but like anna's already dead (laughs) pilgrim i mean i guess like the trauma of having to watch her die again but they really couldn't think they didn't they really didn't have anybody else for say you know this would have been a perfect time even though he does not like his brother to bring in sydney palmer that would have added some humor to this. Like we all know Sydney Palmer is just um, Brandon Ruth and Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> then Rip and Kendra. Fuck. <laughs> Ray and Kendra. I don't know why I confused them. You don't want, you don't want to remember Ray anymore. I don't. I don't want to think about it. But Ray and Kendra have their little moment and she puts the ring back on and says, yes, I will marry you. With, with again, his his dead fiance quite literally 20 feet away 
I think she could have heard them at this point. I like, don't know. Who is this? And is like, I can really use this amnesia pill right now, please. It's like in season four when they're in hell and Little Savage is like, you know, we were fighting about a girl. And <laughs> then Nora goes, wait, what girl? Uh, it's not important. <laughs> they bring that up in the comic too. It's hilarious. Like, who is your ex-fiance that we're hanging out with? Why? Oh, Ray and his his love life. Many entanglements. And then the last part is just Jack's getting a moment with his dad, where his dad's like, yeah, you were the guy in the hospital and on fire. <laughs> and I'm so proud of you, son. I knew you could be a, grow up to be a great man. And that's when Jack tells him. That yeah, Jack tells Jack. him, like, look out for an IED. Yeah. I do wish we got to see the timeline change for that. I do. I love that he does go to uh, Rip and he goes, I might have changed the timeline, by the way. I told my dad that he was going to die. And he goes, you know, time wants to happen, but maybe this time he wants, time wants you to grow up with your father. And that was like actually nice for Rip. I I I know I love Rip too. I I do. Everyone who knows me knows that any character that's like the slime, the little weasel, that they're my favorite. Um, I think Rip. Uh, um, this is one of the nicest things Rip has said and done ever in the whole season. Very true. Because I I was trying to think what are the other ones. You know, the first one I could think of is just like when he brings young Martin back to yeah. Korea. So he said that again where I will never um, mess up your marriage which was nice and I feel like in the second season he kind of does no third season isn't it well he dies in season three that's yes but that's kind of like to save my crew I will sacrifice myself he put Gideon like he turned Gideon off in season three but we find out he does a lot more to Gideon than we thought which Again, horrible Rip person. We we still love Rip here, even if he does behave like a manager. But then we find out, don't we find out that, like, time didn't change? I feel like every episode at the end of season one is, every episode ends with Gideon saying, Vandal Savage will still rise to power and kill everyone. It's like, thanks, Gideon. But, like, I feel like this one has more of an upbeat because Rip's like, well, now we don't have to worry about your younger selves and we could do whatever the hell we want before people forget you. So let's go after Vandal. I don't know if it's so much upbeat as like slide this into the ground because he's like, well, all right. So all of your younger selves are being kept safe at time orphanage. However, like time's going to start cementing soon. We don't, I do love that neither Mick nor Rip, the two people who know kind of how time works, no idea. And then he says, well, we're kind of out of time, so we kind of have to go find Vandal Savage at his most powerful in 2166. Do, do, do. And, and Mick, wasn't it Mick like, are we supposed to be doing that? Uh-huh. Hell with it. It's the Hail Mary move. Uh-huh. It definitely is a Hail Mary move. Because the next four episodes are all 
intense. I have a lot of feelings about next week. Uh, I feel like the ne- next four episodes is literally ramping up for that. There's a lot going down the next yeah, episodes. To kill um, Vandal Savage. Like, we have to get a lot to a lot of these plot lines before we get to the end now, people. Let's go! I think I will bring this up again, but I think I know why they use Vandal Savage as a villain, kind of. But it's also like when you have, like, when your first when your first big villain of the TV show, like the season-wide villain, is quite literally an immortal dictator, you kind of have to figure out where you're going to go after that. <laughs> Which then I enjoy. It's like the Legion of Doom consisting of three people. <laughs> yes. The, da- the dad group of evil. Mm-hmm. Four, if you count the other person. <laughs> Len's just there to rob banks. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so this was the last Refuge episode. So what are, we could do like kind of wrap up thoughts if we want. So overall, good episode. I'm not, you know, counting anymore what the hell my favorite episode is anymore. I think I'll keep track more with uh, season two. Uh, But this is actually up there, um, maybe six or seven. But I love this episode just because we get a lot of the Mick, uh, Mick background and what happens to him as a kid. And then, like, the Rip stuff is fantastic. I love that he's a snotty little brat that kills people. He's amazing. Yeah, in terms of Rip episodes, I think I like this one a little bit more than Maroon. Um, Maroon is still really good. But I think I, I like like what you said. I enjoy seeing little baby Rip being a shit. He's and I like Mary Xavier a lot as a character. I think she really adds a lot. Oh, yeah, she was fun. And I do love the little, like, comments that Len makes about his baby self. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cute baby. <laughs> I think getting into uh, mixed trauma and then everything with Martin and Jax and Jax's father and that storyline... Um, as well as a lot of really rich uh, history for the lore of the Time Masters, as well as Rip himself, just because those two are so interconnected, make the episode compelling. And then just the humor of like Paul Blackthorne with hair, Sarah's that <laughs> big, just the hair. Hair in Legends is always an adventure. It's true. Oh, God, John's hair. Uh-uh. Oh, God. God. Got one. Like Constantine, or what? What's his oh, name? I forgot. Constantine. 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 Yeah. Yes. That, that wig is terrible. Too. That is a party city wig. <laughs> and when they spike his hair, I know it's his real hair, but it still looks terrible. <laughs> I would say my rating in the episode is, um, again, I can't remember really where my rankings were at. I'm sorry, but. I really do enjoy this episode. The one drawback to me that I'm watching is just, it's, it does a disservice to Kendra again. She's excluded and she just serves as a romantic tool again. And I hate that. She deserves more. We're sorry, Sierra. <laughs> you never listen to this, but we're always going to apologize in every single episode until Destiny. All right. Now it's time to come back to a segment we haven't done in a while, just for some fun with our guest with us we are gonna play a round of shag hold thumbs with send to hell which is our version of fuck Mary kill 
where we have selected some characters and we're just going to ask these of each other we haven't shared these with each other ahead of time um just as, as a fun surprise so if everyone doesn't mind i'll go first and offer mine <laughs> um legion of doom so that's um Thon, malcolm merlin damian dark Damn it. Shag, hold thumbs with Send to Hell. Uh, I'm gonna have to send Eobarthon to Hell because it's Eobarthon and I don't like him. If it was Harry Wells Eobarthon, it would be a different story, but yes, send him to Hell. Um, man, Merlin, I would probably shag because who wouldn't with John Barrowman? And I would marry David Dark because he did have a good marriage to his wife. And he stayed faithful to her. And even though he was a bit of an asshole to his daughter, he loved his daughter too. Yeah, there's mine. I would say mine is um, Damien I would send to hell because he worked with the Nazis during World War, World War II. That's right. Um, I would hold thumbs with Eobard and I would marry Malcolm. That's the two different people. I get it. <laughs> James, what do you think? I'll, I'll go after. Um, I would say I'm going to I'll send Malcolm to hell just because I don't really know what to do with him. <laughs> um, that's fair. That's my old nostalgia, like what happened in Arrow brain, like being so fried and fuzzy and distorted so i'll send him to hell um i mean conspiring with oliver's mom you know all that he he can get some you can get some payback for that um i will hold thumbs with damien dark because i want to have a dad uh moment where he's like grilling out with me and telling me about times where he's tortured people I just think that'd be hilarious. I love that. And then Eobard Thawne is actually a very attractive man, so yeah. I'll take him up on a on a <laughs> quickie, if you know what I mean. I, I love that we have different answers for this one. It's fun. Let's see. I I think I think I would have to send Thawne to hell just because I don't want Barry Allen as the third person in my relationship. <laughs> um unless it's like Barris, Iris, and me. Mm. Barris? Yeah. <laughs> that was a very slip. Iris? Yeah, Barry, Iris, and yeah, me. Um, but Barris. That was my favorite Star Wars character. Oops. <laughs> um, but I, I think I'm going to send him to hell, yeah, because he, you know, Barry Al, he's going to talk about Barry Allen the whole time, and that's kind of a lot for me. Um, I feel like I don't know the other two is difficult I guess I'll shag Damien because it'll be over quickly not that he's unattractive I just feel like doesn't he like live forever that's a long time I don't have time for that Um, and then I guess I'm going to marry Malcolm Merlin he did like want to burn Star City down because of what happened to his first wife so that's commitment that is commitment so cool I guess those are my choices I do love Dad Grilling with Damian Dark. That's excellent. That's what we're going to title this episode. (laughs) Okay, I'll go. (laughs) Mr. Parker, Cowboy Narrator, and Knox. Oh. (laughs) Oh, no. 
<laughs> I'm going okay I guess <laughs> I guess I'll shag Mr. Parker you know why not like he's getting a divorce <laughs> good for him <laughs> no that'd be really funny um I guess I'll marry Knox just because hey I can be queen of an alien planet that sounds cool um and uh they can sing love that i think they they'd be a good partner we'd go to a lot of theater together uh wants to conquer earth sure i support you babe i guess i'm sending cowboy dairy to hell i'm sorry um you can just play some tunes down there I'm sorry <laughs> you just fell off vandal savage to sleep to say I like the idea that you're in hell and they're like, well, it can't get any worse. And then guitar strumming. <laughs> <laughs> well, other hells. <laughs> Here in robot hell. It's a future image. Mary Lord Knox holds thumbs the cow- cowboy narrator and Parker. I'm sorry, but he goes to hell. But he also seems like he's ready to go anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna put him out of his misery we, we apologize right now eric we love you <laughs> eric is the man it's, this is all out of love i'm sorry but this is parker he does he just i feel like he's gonna find his way down there sooner or later i remember i had like a fan theory during the the one where we're trapped on tv like it was like what if mr parker is like somehow he's hip to what's going on and is keeping them all stuck there the Mr. Promo images were out. Yeah, he's just being returned to his rightful place like oh, I'm ready goodness. to ascend alright I will say uh, I'll hold thumbs with Lord Knox because I think that's a fascinating uh, individual to pair up with and I'd be just curious to see what a wedding with lord knox would be like um and maybe i'd get to rule uh another civilization so that'd be fun um and i could also work on my singing voice because i'm out of practice um funny talking about rip i was having flashbacks seeing uh arthur doing oklahoma because i sang uh oh what a beautiful morning i did that as a solo when i was a youngin in like middle school and actually did quite well but I'm very rusty when it comes to my singing. So, and then uh, cowboy narrator. I wonder what kind of freaky stuff he'd be into. I'm just curious. Maybe he'll serenade me or something. I don't know. Um, and then uh, I will send Mr. Parker to hell solely because uh, Nick Zano calls him Satan and tackles him into the friend set. Yeah. Oh. Okay. My my theory of uh, Legends fans being theater kids is holding water at this point. Um. So yeah, that's that. I would hold thumbs with Knox because yeah, who wouldn't want to be ruler of a planet? And he's they seem pretty cool. And once you know they said, "Hey, I'm not mad at you. It was to save my world." He was. They were pretty cool, so I would hold 
I said whole thumbs with Knox. I, I would there sh- are very it was a very genuine moment there. Yeah. I would shag Mr. Parker because he probably knows some naughty things to do. God. <laughs> Mr. Parker. It's like after hours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> after hours. Who knows what that man's capable of? Nobody. Uh, and then send cowboy narrator hell. I'm sorry. Maybe you could hook up with um, Vandal Savage while you're down there. Oh, I'm trapped in hell. <laughs> Strum's guitar. <laughs> God, sending him here made everything worse. <laughs> His music will be used to torture people. Exactly. He's <laughs> like the cantina in Star Wars, but it's just the cowboy narrator. <laughs> well, other hells don't have me here. <laughs> I'll do mine. Mine requires some serious thought. Oh no. So I have uh some some strong independent women to offer up. Um oh, no. I have a uh, very special one because I thought why not? So I have Zari Tarazi, mm-hmm. Zari Tamaz, and Robo Zari. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> you know what's really funny? I was thinking that exact dynamic one as like one of mine to put in. This is very good. Oh Lord. Um, that's a hard choice because I like all Zari's. Um but <laughs> all right. I have to think. I I think sadly I love her, but I'm gonna have to send Robo Zari to hell. I do love her, but I, I, I feel very strongly about the other two more. Mm. Um I think. I'm going to marry 1.0. Is it Tomaz? Uh, oh, I mean, hold thumbs with. Oops. Um, uh, sorry, Tomaz. I feel like we can just be really chill, play some video games. I have a Wii that I hooked up again. So old technology. Yeah. Um, we could just have a bunch of snacks. And I think that would be really nice. And then um, Shagzari Tarazi. My main thing is that it's still a lot of spotlight for me and I'm just not personally comfortable with that, but I still love her and I would shoot my shot. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go because, yeah. I would also put, I'm sorry, Robo Zari to hell because, again, she's evil. So, as much as I love all Zaris, um, the evilness kind of, I can't be with somebody that evil who might want to kill me. So, well, she's yeah, I would actually hold thumbs with Zari 2.0. Uh, I love her personality. I I definitely think she's a lot of fun to hang out with. Um, I she can do makeovers on me all the time. I don't care. Pick out some cool dresses for me. Um, and I think you know she would just be very loving and sweet to you. Um, and I would totally shag 1.0 because, um, yeah, it, she would also serve me donuts after we've done it. So, and I, I think that know. would be a very nice shag. I would say for me, um, I will also send Robo Zara to hell. Um, in terms of holding thumbs with, I would say 2.0 and then. Actually, no, I'd hold thumbs with um, Zari Tamaz and I would marry Zari Tarazi. Nice. It's a very hard question. 
All right. Um, I also find it very challenging, which is why I asked, because I was very curious. Mm -hmm. So this will be a bit of a twist and call me out if I'm cheating, but I'll send Zara Tomas to hell so that I can rescue her because I would much rather be her best friend. Um, so I'll rescue her from hell. I'll pull up on some people, get her out of there. Um, and then I will uh, get shagged by Robo Zari because that is the situation that would happen. I would be... I would uh, be the sub in that situation. Valid. I'd be Mary Valid. <laughs> and I am in love with uh, Zara Tarazi 110%. I am much like John Constantine. I am uh, ruined by her and helpless before her presence. So I'd marry her in a heartbeat. And we didn't take mm-hmm. the sub plot into this conversation. Well, you can enlist the cowboy narrator <laughs> to help get him out. Okay, right. your turn. I decided to go with the season one departures ah. Leonard, Kendra, Carter. Well, you're making this too easy. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, I this is pretty easy. I'd send Carter to hell. I don't know anything about Carter. Whatever, Carter, you could be tossed to hell. Um, the other two. I'm gonna obviously shag Leonard Snart because who wouldn't shag Leonard Snart? And Kendra's good marriage material once she gets herself set straight and uh knows what she's doing. And uh mm-hmm. she seems like she would be a very good partner. We can own a little cafe together. So there's that. Yeah. I think I am going to go with, sadly, Carter, goodbye. You've already spent most of the season in hell anyway. Sorry. Uh, I do, I remember we were looking up something and like Falk was a go-go dancer in a previous job. That, we should have seen Carter do that. Yeah. That, yes. that, that, yes. Carter in hell. Then I went that should have been a Carter past life. Exactly. Um, but still, sadly, Carter, you going to hell. Um, I am gonna shag Kendra, just, you know, like, some fun, we can have fun together. I feel like it'd be nice to have something that's not really strings attached for either of us, and then hold thumbs with Leonard Snart, because Mm he'll rob everything for you. Yeah, I can have whatever I want, and also, like, if he gets arrested, spousal privilege can't get me to rattle. (laughs) That's what I'll do. I will pitch Carter. Unfortunately, he gets a he gets a bad rep. I like the guy for what we get of him, um, and I think Falk has been through enough as well. <laughs> um, mm. But Carter gets tossed uh, for me as well. I will hold thumbs with uh, Snart. Because I think he'd be an interesting partnership. Um, maybe he would get me up to no good. Um, and that'd be interesting. I could maybe learn a thing or two from him. And then uh, I would be curious to see how many lived experiences Kendra has. There might be some interesting knowledge there. That's pretty much word for word, word, for word my answer, too. <laughs> Kendra has a lot of life experience. 
But if you marry her, you get that experience every freaking day. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Until it goes to hell, because apparently you can't be happy with anybody except Carter. Carter. Or until Vandal finds you and skins you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he's well, he's only looking for Carter. I mean, he's kind of looking you, for You her, notice but... we never put Vandal in any of these. Well, I'm afraid of my answer. <laughs> yeah, I, it's okay, though. It, that's the thing. If you put Robozari against maybe some of the other robots, Robozari all the way. Oh, we yeah. should do that just for fun. Okay, which one should we pick? Or just pick. All right, I'm gonna shag Robo Zari. I'm gonna marry Robo Barad, and then I guess I don't really want to send any of them to hell. They're just funny. The rest of them can go. <laughs> Actually, wait. Can I take my answer back? I'm gonna shag uh, Robo Zari, and I think I'm gonna marry um, or um, hold thumbs with Robo Ava. Was like she Robo like though? Was she just a scientist? I don't even. She know. was a clone robot. Okay, I would definitely shag Robo. Sorry, because who wouldn't? Um, you know what? Even though she's kind of evil, I would like marry Robo Astra. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. What I- have I done? I've gone. <laughs> I would hold thumbs, and then um, I'd probably throw Robo Nate, even though I love him, into hell. Wait, he's already gonna be in hell because of the time thing. So it's every day I wake up. Exactly. He's already he's already in a fixed point, so he's already <laughs> in hell. So he's in the fixed point, walking around like in the Twilight Zone episode when uh when his uh when he has all the time to read the books. Like this time at last. <laughs> Anybody who wants to go for the robots is fun. I'll keep Robozari uh, where she's at, and then I'll say <laughs> Spooner would be an interesting partner to hold thumbs with. So I'll go with her just because she's kind of a wild card, and I'm not sure what would happen there, but I'm up for adventure. And then I'll pitch uh, the silent killer, Sarah, because <laughs> no, no one wants that around them. I support that. Yeah. Well, especially because I'm going to marry Robo Ava. I'm like, mine. <laughs> yep. Also, Robo Astra. If I can have two, Robo Astra. She's mine! Or <laughs> you can fight over me. <laughs> so that was the episode Last Refuge. We all enjoyed that. Yep. Good to have an episode that we like. <laughs> well, we've had two in a row, so that's good. This is true. Next week, we'll be looking at the episode Leviathan. Oh, no. Uh, an episode I have very strong feelings about. Oh, yeah. Very strong feelings. Um, so that will be exciting. Uh, James, do you have anything you want to plug or like shout out your Twitter handle or anything if you want to? Um. I don't even remember my Twitter handle, to be honest with you. Um, I will share the episode on it and people can find it that way. Um, And they can find it when they look at your guys' Twitter. Um, Thank you guys for having me on uh, to talk about why I love Rip a little bit and the other characters. And I look forward to being more in detail when a certain uh, 
different trench-coated Brit shows up. Exactly. Gaines has a finish. Oh, yeah. Uh, sad English men in trench coats. Sad English men. We should have had you on for Magnificent Eight, because then it's another man in a trench coat. Yes. <laughs> Holy Trinity. Yeah. Bye. And then, thank you for coming on the pod. It was so much fun. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Definitely have you back. And so... Uh, you can always come find us at our Twitter, which is at Week Legends on Twitter. We're also on Instagram at Legends of Next Week. And if you want to email us questions, if we want to do a Q&A at some point, please email us anything at uh, legendsofnextweek at gmail.com. And it's not until next time. I'm your host, Mary. I'm Eden. And I'm Kate. Thanks again to James for coming uh, on to this episode. And we'll see you all some other week. Bye, guys. Bye.